bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in politics like we're talking about reality TV. Uh, we're not late this week. No, we're not. Um, I did want to report to everyone that we are still on our bender. I mean, yeah, we pretty much, uh, well, you know, there's like gatherings and... Now, know. did we do our Patreon podcast on mushrooms or is that next week? That's next week. Okay. That's next week. We're going to give that a shot next week. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to do some, we're going to do some mushrooms on our Patreon. Yeah. Well, apparently it's just normal to just whip but them out and we, we might've been a little remnants of mushrooms when we did this week's Patreon. Maybe. <laughs> Cause I don't know. I don't know how long they take to leave the bloodstream. I don't know. I don't know, but it's very possible. Yeah, we just got this weekend, but then um, after tomorrow, it's back to clean living for quite a while. Your mom, Phyllis, I wondered if that's why you're clamming up because your mom is hearing of all of our drug use and alcoholism. Yeah, you know, I mean, now, uh, you know, when you get a note that's like, I'm concerned. Right. Or oh, I've are you really or everything's fine. We're not. It's all good. It's all fine. Well, our moms wanted us to thank Michelle Yes. For the bag she made them. My mom loved it. She wanted to write her own email. She wanted to write her own note, but we would not give that information out. <laughs> and yeah, uh, well, we don't have we don't have a way to contact Michelle. Michelle keeps her last name. I don't know if she's in witness protection. Mm. She used to live in Texas. Now she lives in California. Even that I think she is annoyed that we know. Right. Um, so Phyllis, no, <laughs> Phil, we can't we can't put you in contact with Michelle, but. You know what? She made also all the little, like, we have little animal dog toys, like the little fishy. Yes, right. She's really, really, really talented. Yeah. It was a cute, cute bag. My mom really appreciated it. She, my mom loves any, can't believe that anyone even sends us anything. You know what I mean? <laughs> when I tell her that, yeah, people, or a, even a note, she can't believe. Like, wh- why? Or whatever. Right. And that, that we get gifts on occasion. She's, it's shocking that we, you know, we're we really, so lucky. that people care about us. Michelle should be, she could be commissioned to do because she made us like animated versions of like me and you and Johnny and Lady Red. Yes, you yes, know? yes. And, she, and we have me and you everywhere. She could actually do, uh, she could be commissioned by the Goldmans to do a family. Oh my God, I should tell her to do that. <laughs> I can send that a be? picture. That'd be great. Yeah. I'd love that. Would you be great. You and Adam and Leslie <gasps> and then yes. Phil Elegante yes. and Dr. Guac. Yes. Just looking cute. We could even resurrect Shayna Punham. The the, 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 the the dog who's dead. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> that might be a tad bit dark. but Or you could, it, would it be a commission of like the day's 
days of old or current? No, I like it now with Shayna Putnam still alive. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I mean, I think it sounds put really Russell cute. in there too. I mean, you know, just resurrect the dead pets and put them in the current picture. Well, she's never done. We haven't seen her work on drawing pets. That's true. So I think it's a tall order. Well, speaking of gifts, and we do get gifts so much, and we're we're so lucky. Particularly from our erotic third, Devin Verona. <laughs> yes. She's in Texas. Yes. She's in Texas like Michelle used to be. Uh-huh. Now, Devin got you a hand massager, a pretty nice, like, luxurious hand massager. Now, mm-hmm. I I guess you mentioned that your wrist was hurting on the Patreon, but I'm. it was very much in passing. We did not do a deep dive on your fucking ailments no. on the Patreon. No. But Devin is such an attentive lover. <laughs> She's so attuned with our needs, you know? Yes. I mean... That she sent the massager. And by the way, Devin, I did try to sit on it. (laughs) Speaking of. um, But it's funny, really, truly, Mamma. Yeah, it isn't really... Yeah. Because the wrist pain is actually really real. (laughs) That shit is real. Uh, It's really real. And... Because you went to the doctor. I went to the doctor to get my trigger finger, because that's all connected, and I did get a cortisone shot. Um, And he let me know... um, I just I broke a piece of bone off my wrist. It's a and bone that's been shard dangling there. Flinging and flighting <laughs> uh-huh. around in your wrist area. And I was like, well, when that happened? And he was like, I don't know when that happened. I was like, I don't know. Why are you talking to me like that? And then I have to say, for a puss puss like yourself, I can't believe you get a shot right in your finger. That sounds you have really painful. It really does. And it's right here. Oh, it's into your hand. Uh-uh. 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 I'd rather get my whole entire palm of my hand tattooed <laughs> than have them in stick a stick a stink. No, that sounds so painful. It's very painful. And you feel it go in and it's just hideous and awful. It just doesn't seem and, like anything by the way, should go in there at It's because you're in the, they get like right in your joint. <sighs> and then before that, the other guy did it in here. And what? I was like, what is this? A fucking what am I? What am I in Guantanamo? <laughs> what are you doing? So- Intense. And then I'm like, I'm like, ah, and he's like, you got to relax. I was like, you got to fucking relax. <laughs> you know how much this, how hard, that's why I kicked the other guy. So now your trigger finger is better, but your wrist better, is but still hurting. Yeah, because, and then I was like, well, what can we do to fix it? And he's like, nothing. And I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and then it's like, go to physical therapy and blah, 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 and all this shit. And then he just was ignoring me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a second opinion, but I broke my wrist. So there you go. No one knows when or where I or whatever. Happy Rosh Hashanah. Ain't nobody got time for sore hands and hangnails. Love you both from Devin Vrana. See, and she remembered Rosh Hashanah. I mean, happy new year. Happy Jewish new year. Happy new year. So we've been holding on to this for a minute. Mm -hmm. This little gift. So much so that we've now eaten all the chocolate from it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that was after (laughs) you accidentally left the packages you picked up from... (laughs) our French mail place <laughs> in your trunk. And then in a hundred degree weather, uh-huh, over a hundred. <laughs> so. And then I brought, I was like, Oh fuck. And I brought in the packages and then I was like opening them and mighty was sitting there and I, and there's a little ladybug in with the, like this package when oh. I opened it. it looked like a foil ladybug. And I was like, Oh look mama. And I like showed it to her and she was like, wanted it. And I was like, Whoa, is this food? Cause I didn't know it was, it was chocolate, but it was uh-huh. all this different chocolate. From fucking Switzerland. Ugh. Baller alert. Okay. <laughs> like, hello. We fucking love, of course, Swiss oh chocolate. God, are you kidding? Top of the pop. Pinnacles. Yep. yep. It's from Sarah W. from Michigan. Another <laughs> witness protection. Really trying to hide this from any family members that are like, ew, are you listening to some gay podcast? 
some lib gay podcast, Sarah. She sent us her gorgeous laminated, laminated picture for the Drug Den Bulletin Board, along with the Swiss chocolate and a note. Look at this picture. How great is it? That's great. Beautiful. It's on the back of like a, oh, uh, like so a postcard from Switzerland. Wow. And now Sarah may know this, but Switzerland is our last yep. bastion. Yes. We haven't been. No. We are whopping for Switzerland. Yeah. So hard. We want to hide our money oh, in yes. a bank account. I want to go. We're going to go. We're going to stumble upon a heist. And <laughs> yeah. We're going to get embroiled into a uh, crazy heist and some sort of international spy ring yeah you know what i mean yeah. and or crime syndicate because everything always ends up in switzerland and we're gonna have fun like feeling like like anti-semitic vibes while we're there with Ju <laughs> julie i'm gonna make julie wear like like a, the jewish, jewish yeah the, just like the jewish scarf with the star on it or whatever mm. just like some sash mm -hmm. and just really maybe i'll make you wear like a yarmulke even though only guys wear that right well, that's fitting. <laughs> yeah. Shalom, so Switzerland. It'll be so fun. Shalom, Geneva. <laughs> Shalom. They're so German. How there, are you? They? Yes. They are. Yeah. It's like Swiss German. Where's the family teeth and gold? <laughs> now, I do want to say, Sarah, you made my, that's probably the reason I've been hoarding on to this, this gift mm -hmm. and this note. Mm -hmm. One, because we've been eating, slowly eating the chocolate. <laughs> and uh -huh. two... She mm. sent this beautiful card with okay. her picture. Yes. It's almost like this French girl sitting in a swing in like a lemon grove. Just a beautiful, perfect French woman. Mm -hmm. And then she she wrote Brandy next to it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh my, my God. God. And look at her handwriting. Wow. Yeah. Her handwriting is gorgeous. Well, and this needs to be framed. I was so flattered. I, mean, I used to be blonde, and I have to say to anyone out there, stopping being blonde, it's 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 hard. It's a transition, and you're just like, goodbye, youth. <laughs> goodbye, wh hoary days. But I'm probably going to have to go back to blonde whenever my hair starts going gray because it's just way easier just mm -hmm. to be blonde. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. the girl on the cover of the card is blonde, and she's just... Very French, very cool... I mean, I'm sorry. It looks like a dancer, maybe. You're giving or... like a blonde breakfast at Tiffany's. Her hair's yes. not in a bun, but she's just, she is. Very classy, very cool, yeah. you know, very rich. So I And Sarah, has surrounded by chickens. You really made my my day when and my week. I've just been like, I keep thinking I took a picture of it. I have it on my phone. Well, I think that's wonderful. <laughs> it is. Hey, guys, just wanted to send you some sweets from Switzerland. It's been two years since we've seen my in-laws because of COVID and sounds like Europe is not allowing Americans in this week. So we made it just on time. I'm a $2 Patreon and have been enjoying DGP for a couple years now. Thank you for the laughs and giving me some education about politics. Be safe. Julie would love to hear an update on your knee on the Patreon. Okay. Sarah W. from Michigan. So the picture that um, she sent, it's kind of a collage. She, has a, this is, she did it perfectly because one, it's laminated. Oh, cool. Two, it's her. It's a big picture of her. And then she has her family, but they're just off lurking to the side. You can't really see them. She's like, it's fine. I have two kids. That's my husband. Who cares? <laughs> this is me. So we're just going to mm. we're going to label Sarah from Michigan. We're going to keep her family out of it. Just keep them out of it because we don't know their names. Clearly, we're going to be going to burn Switzerland. Yeah. I mean, very cool. Thank you for the chocolate. Thank you for the card. Just chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss all the way, the way chef's around. Chef's kiss. Now, Olivia Johannes from Nebraska. Who knew anyone in Nebraska had the last name Johannes? <laughs> I, I thought it was be, from Switzerland. Yeah, she'd be the one in Switzerland. Mm -hmm. 
She sent a handwritten note that could be mistaken for um, a hostage note <laughs> because there's no picture. It's oh. it's in a, a simple business white envelope. <laughs> okay. And then a, a perfectly written handwritten Ooh. note. No picture. And it's like, uh-oh, we got a hostage scenario on our hands. We got, we're going to have to give, it's a ransom note. <laughs> Dear Julie and Brandy, hi, guys. I am a year-long DGP listener and a recent member of the Patreon family. Oh, yeah. I'm writing to you from Blue Dot, Nebraska, a tiny liberalish enclave known as Omaha. While it's the most progressive area in the state, it is still full of cum-guzzling assholes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> she's clearly the fact listening. that we, that that's, yeah. that's, you know, that we've gifted that to the world. Omaha what a delight. is the only <laughs> place we know in Nebraska, right? That's the place to be. Yeah. Nebraska. Exactly. King douche of them all is our Didn't lizard. Did you get pulled over with your friend in Nebraska? That was Wisconsin. Okay. God, that I'm was getting Wisconsin. Them mixed up. We were going from Minnesota to Wisconsin and uh, we so, were high as a kite. I thought you were said you were like on a cornfield roads. We were from Minnesota oh, to Wisconsin. I always think that's just Nebraska. Oh, no. That was, it was hardcore cornfield, <laughs> corn farm, corn pone roads, dark in her, in her dad's car. It was like a big old car and I was driving. And, um, wow. And then we got pulled over. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, can I ask what I did wrong, officer? <laughs> and then she leaned over and was like, she needs to drive. And I was like, we're going to jail tonight. Uh, and Phyllis knows. Phyllis knows Kelly. She, that's right. Well, and now she knows that happened. <laughs> so king douche of them all is our lizard person, antichrist governor, Pete Ricketts. He literally looks like Jeffrey Epstein's dick tip. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Right now, a lot of locals are speaking out about the abortion restrictions in Texas. People keep reposting cute infographics on Instagram, and I thought, you know what? Time for my spoken word. <laughs> That's right. So in the stylings of one Miss Julie Goldman, I wrote about the hypocrisies of pro-lifers, how they disappear after the fetus is born, and how they refuse to support the needs of the already born women carrying these fetuses. And we like to call them birthers now. Pro-birthers. <laughs> Pro-birthers. And while I may never have an abortion, who am I to stop another wo woman from having hey, one? Hey, don't you sell yourself short. <laughs> don't, Olivia, don't, come on. Don't. There's still time. Still time. Listen, I'm holding out. I cross my fingers every day. Yeah, I hope you get to have one. Like, I, maybe 2022. <laughs> I would be one of those. I would po probably be one of those women who'd be like, I never thought about it before. <laughs> but I think I'm going to have it. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course you would. I think I'd have it. Oh, I topped off message with Brandy's famous, I don't need your notes, babe. To my <laughs> surprise, I got a lot of positive responses. And to all the dumb Republican gutter troll whores who tried to send me their facts about the legislature, I simply responded, I don't need your notes with a heart. You guys have empowered me to speak my mind in my small community, even if it is just through something as simple as Instagram. You guys are amazeballs and never fail to make me laugh at the dumpster fire that is American politics. Sincerely, Olivia from Omaha. Well, Olivia, wow. we, need, we need your photo. That's great. So we know you don't look like at Jeffrey Epstein's dick tip. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein's <laughs> That's good. dick tip. That's good. Because that can't look good. We're going to take that on. That cannot look good. We do need your picture, though, Olivia. So please, please, please. send that. Just You can go to postsnap.com. Mm. They do not 
they're not affiliated with this podcast. What does Trisha Paytas say? She goes like, this isn't a sponsor. This is, <laughs> right. They don't sponsor us. Right. They're just the easiest. <laughs> you go to postsnap.com. You can just upload something right from your phone, like whatever picture you have on your phone, whatever selfie. You can take it right there if you want. Yep. Put on sunglasses and a mask like Diana Hurt. She didn't care. Yes. She's like, I'm going to cover up my whole face and send that in. <laughs> so basically, we won't recognize mm. Diana unless she wears that exact mask. Yes. Correct. Whatever it takes. We like to have the pics. <laughs> We are trying mm. to do a live podcast mm. in Atlanta. I don't know how far away Atlanta is from Omaha. I'd say pretty far. Oh, okay. Well, who knows? People get motivated. That's true. But, but either way, there are going to be people on this board. Like, I hope we see Carrie Pope. North Carolina is right by fucking Atlanta. So we will see mm. Carrie Pope. And we already knew Carrie Pope because we knew what she looked like. And she came to one of our shows. <laughs> so that's what we need. Uh, we like to know yeah. the 14 listeners. Now we have Olivia. I don't know if we ever had if we had anyone in Nebraska. I don't think so. Not that I know of. Not I mean And a funny, charming A cum guzzling, guzzling dick, dick tip. <laughs> Love you, Olivia. <laughs> All right. Instead of doing our usual check-in with Jojo and Kiki, we are gonna find out what the Republicans are cock blocking now. I'm a victim of the no. uh, stop. Uh, cock uh, block. I'm getting sick of all the no. uh, stop. This is our segment called What the Republicans are Cock Blocking Now. The premise is pretty self explanatory. We tell you about Republican lawmakers at the federal, state, or local level who are cock blocking Democratic legislation and progressive agenda items. And this week, we're talking about the biggest Republican cock blocker in America. Mitch fucking McConnell. Just in case you don't know, don't care, or simply don't remember, Mitch McConnell is the Senate Minority Leader. Congress is made up of two parts, the House of Representatives and the Senate. Nance Pelosi is the leader of the House. She's the Speaker of the House. That means she's the leader. She's uh -huh. the leader of the House of Representatives. Right. And Mitch McConnell is the leader of the Senate. Technically, he shares control with Chuck Schumer, who is the top Democrat in the Senate, but Chuck Schum ain't leading shit, okay? <laughs> Mitch McCockblock controls all of Washington, and he has since 2014. He is literally the longest Senate majority leader in the history of the United States, and that is a fact. A rotted fact. A rotted fact. Yeah. Well, this time, Captain Cockblock has taken it to a whole new level. He's topping from the bottom, and it's fucking embarrassing. At least we have Nance Pelosi over in the house giving him Peggy Davis eyes every second. But there's nothing she can do about him controlling the Senate. That's why John McCain became a permanent god and the only fuckable Republican to ever exist when he showed up to the Senate with advanced brain cancer and threw the thumbs down on Mitch McConnell's bill to kill Obamacare. That's right. Rest in peace, John Rest McCain. Rest in power. And by the way, Kristen Cinema, you're not John McCain. No. And Meghan McCain, neither are you. <laughs> Now, Mamma, the ins and outs and what have yous of McConnell's cock blocking career mm -hmm. are long and varied, and they're just too much to get into. I mean, even just this year alone, he's had to utilize several different tactics to block the cock. Right. But this one, <laughs> this last month, mm -hmm. may just be his most creative one yet, and it's all to block the human infrastructure bill. 
Now, mm-hmm. we've talked ad nauseum about both infrastructure bills and where they stand in Congress, including on last week's episode. So if you don't know the dirty deets, pop over and listen to JoJo and Kiki from last week and then meet us back here. Right. So Mitch McConnell and his Slytherin Republican brothers don't want the human infrastructure bill to pass. They know that it will help everyone who is struggling in America, particularly people with kids. Not just black and brown people with kids, racist white people with kids, too. So they don't want that legislation to pass because then Joe Biden will get credit for helping struggling families. And those racist white struggling families will go ahead and vote for him again. And then regardless of who is president, even if it's a Republican, they'll be forced to keep those helpful policies because racist white people will realize that they like it. Just exactly like what happened with Obamacare. Mm -hmm. Trump and McDick tried to kill it for four years and now every Republican is quietly leaving it alone because they know the people in their states who vote for them need affordable (laughs) health care. Exactly. So those exact same douchebags do not want this human infrastructure bill to pass and they will do anything to cock block it. So Mitch McConnell, seeing that his bribing blackmail bullying of joe manchin can only go so far before someone gets investigated is now cock blocking the raising of the debt ceiling if congress can't raise the debt limit on their government credit card then congress can't charge the 3.5 trillion dollar human infrastructure bill infrastructure bill (laughs) infrastructure bill God, you can really say it both ways. You can. Infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure. 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 Tom Infrastructure. <laughs> Tom Christopherson. Tom Infrastructure. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and in fact, they can't even vote on it. They won't even be able to vote on the fucking infrastructure bill if they don't raise the debt limit because Congress won't even be working. Right. They'll be at home because right. the government right. will be t- shut right. down. And none of us will be working because mm-hmm. the economy will be tanked. To raise the debt limit, Democrats need all 50 Democrats and 10 Republicans to vote yes. 45 Republicans have already signed a letter saying they will not vote to raise the debt ceiling, including thirst cunt Susan Collins, (laughs) who released a statement saying, quote, The Democrats have added enormous amounts of debt, including the $1.9 trillion physical infrastructure package, and now the $3.5 trillion human infrastructure on top of that. So they bear the responsibility for increasing the debt limit. And by they, she means Democrats. You know what, Susan Collins? Why don't you retire and go back to Ritz Cracker, Maine, which has (laughs) less people in the entire fucking state than the city of L.A. and do something valuable with your life and time. Like maybe go invest your money in finding a cure for Parkinson's instead of sitting on top of your white privilege, rich, racist high horse, denying help to the rest of the less fortunate parts of the country. Mm, exactly. Whatever you do, stay the fuck in Maine, you dick. <laughs> yes. Susan Collins and the 44 other Republican trash bags that signed that letter can go get mauled by a feral pig in the backwoods of Florida. Hee-haw! <laughs> oh, I wish for all of them Hee-haw's this. Hee-haw's a donkey. Oh, you're right. You're right. I wish for all of them this. Squeal! That's what he said. He said, squeal! Yeah, that's what you should all get. And Joe Manchin, you can go ahead, even though that's not Joe Manchin. Because you know what? You're right. He should go in there, too. 
that movie I thought is in West Virginia. <gasps> Perfect. Joe Manchin. It should be first in line. Yeah. Joe Manchin first in line. Even though he's a Democrat. Oh, he's, I don't, a, he's a king he's of the, the worst. Cock he's a real Republican yeah. anyway. Yeah. Write me a letter. Try it. I don't care. This is what I wish for them. And you know what? It's too gentle of a fate for Mitch McCockblock, who I am quite sure wrote the letter that they all signed. Here he is telling reporters how he's never seen such government overreach in all his years of Congress. Spoiler alert, government overreach is code for helping people. Yeah, let, let, let me be crystal clear about this. Republicans are united in opposition to raising the debt ceiling. Not because it doesn't need to be done. So I want to make sure everybody clearly understands this. The last time the debt ceiling was raised, it was done on a bipartisan basis in conjunction with an overall CAPS agreement. And that debt ceiling increase covers basically what we did last year. To what Trump did. This year is unique. And as you all know, I've been here a while. I've never seen such an effort to expand the reach of the federal government like we've been confronted with this year through not just one reconciliation process, but apparently yet another. So if they want to do all of this on a partisan basis, they have the ability and the responsibility to ensure that the federal government not default, and they will have to take care of that. I just want to say really quick that the only reason that the Democrats are getting to to use two reconciliation bills instead of one, reconciliation means that they can pass a bill with just 50 votes and, mm-hmm. you know, 51 votes in the Senate. The reason that they get two instead of one is because Trump didn't use his because Republicans don't care about passing anything. Right. They literally they don't want to do any legislation unless it's kill Obamacare, which they couldn't use reconciliation mm-hmm. for or that. And that's that's it. Tax breaks. Yeah. Which they had already done. Right. They had used their reconciliation bill for that when mm-hmm. they did when the first year Trump was in office to do all the tax exemptions, corporate tax breaks, the whole thing. So by the time that was it, they're like, wait, we can't use it to give more money to the rich. Well, then and we can't use it to kill Obamacare. Well, fuck it. We just won't use it. And now that's why Biden has two. Mm-hmm. Fucking dick asshole. <laughs> so not only is Mitch McConnell America's biggest crunch rap cock blocker, he's also a huge hulking hypocrite, which should surprise exactly no one. Apparently two years ago in 2019 during Trump, He spearheaded a massive budget deal that passed, mind you, which included a two-year suspension of the debt limit, (laughs) meaning there was no debt limit. Right. They just suspended the debt limit. So just as much as they just were going to get as much as we want. And that's what he said. Oh, the last time it was done, it was bipartisan. The last time, brother, that it was done, it was done bipartisan. And he said it was last year, but no, it was in 2019 and it was you and you spearheaded it <laughs> and you, you canceled the debt limit there. You didn't raise it. You just said there was not. No. Well, they're fine to raise the debt ceiling when it deals with funding the military, corporate kickbacks, tax exemptions for the rich. But when it comes to tax refunds for struggling families or paid family leave, now it's government overreach. Exactly. Well, here's White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki serving some hot sake for lunch and making it very clear that Mitch McCockblock is also named Mitch McHypocrite. Um, on uh, debt limit, is the president view bipartisanship, which you guys have made very clear from Secretary Yellen across the administration, um, is important on this? Is that a red line for him? Republicans have to be involved um, or there's no other path? You know how I love red lines. Um, <laughs> I don't love them. Line in the sand? 
line it out. I'm not here to set new lines, red lines, lines in the sand. I, but I do think it's important context for everybody to understand, as you well know, that 80 times has Congress uh, raised the debt limit. And even if you look to comments uh, in recent days by Senator McConnell, if you look to just two years ago, he argued that, the fa that failing to vote to raise the debt limit would, quote, be a disaster and, quote, put our full faith and credit at risk. We agree with that. Um, and now he's against a vote. So I think when we're looking at politics here, we know where the politics is coming from. But our argument is that this is about, uh, this is not a political issue, shouldn't be a partisan issue. It hasn't been throughout history. Uh, you may have all seen that Secretary Yellen had a call with um, uh, with Senator McConnell, uh, not a political call, of course, she's not political, she's an economist, to really convey wow. what the enormous dangers of default would be. So that's the argument we're making. Yes, I know you all have good questions about the vehicle and how it move forward. All good questions we're working with Congress on, but our view is this should be bipartisan as it has been in the past. Wow, like the Treasury mm -hmm. Secretary, the Secretary of the fucking Treasury is calling the Senate Minority Leader. Mm. Like, bitch. I, 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 the, the, uh, that is so pathetic. He doesn't even give a fuck, Mitch McConnell, no. about being called a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. He's super comfortable in that space. That's like very on brand for him. Yes. He doesn't care. He doesn't even have, he doesn't have a God complex. He's got a Machiavelli complex. Mm -hmm. He gets off on manipulating and controlling Congress through any yes. means necessary, including and especially lying. Yeah. Every single word used to describe Nicola Machiavelli uh -huh. can be used to describe Mitch McConnell. Subtle, sinister, underhanded, controlling, devious, cunning, lying, nefarious, shady, and sly. <laughs> yes. Yes. He is a giant piece of shit who is holding the economy hostage. The last time this happened on this level was 2011. That time it was Republicans in Congress doing it to Obama to prevent Obamacare. And the economy absolutely tanked. It's nothing less than a certainty that this will happen again. And this time it will be a hundred times worse. Republicans know that. And they are betting that Democrats won't have the balls to tank the economy. Democrats are letting it ride and betting that America will know it's the Republicans to blame. And also that Republicans won't let their high dollar corporate donors suffer in the stock market. At the end of the day, rich Republicans would rather let the government go broke than their own businesses. And it's corporate money that runs Mitch McConnell and the 45 other cock blocking cunts that signed that stupid fucking letter. Well, we have no real information on when this mysterious debt ceiling vote will come up because no one is certain of the exact timing of it all. So Janet Yellen, Treasury Secretary and private market analysts have estimated that the government will run out of maneuvers to juggle the books by late October. So we know no matter what, it has to happen by late October. That said, supposedly the Democrats are considering attaching the debt limit increase to the back of the legislation that keeps the government funded, which comes with the deadline of <laughs> September 30th. So if mm. Republicans try and get cocky and block that legislation over the debt issue, the government would shut down the next day, Ooh, October 1st. Oh, well, I guess we'll find out this week what the Democrats are going to do. We, of course, want them to strap it on and butt fuck these cock blocking assholes. But the Democrats in Congress have blatantly admitted that they have no real fallback plan if Mitch McHypocrite and Senate Republicans cock block the debt ceiling and drive the government into a shutdown and the nation into a debt crisis, other than trying to shame McConnell into upholding his previous positions. 
Well, all we have to do is look at the Supreme Court and the filibuster to know that shaming Mitch McCockblock never works. No, because you can't shame someone who has no shame. Okay, now we get to hang out with our favorite former White House intern and talk some shit. I do whatever the fuck I want. That's how I got famous, talking shit. And I'ma keep talking shit. I'ma keep talking shit till the day I die, bitch. Matter of fact, I'ma record something. So when I'm dead and I'm in a casket, I'ma be on a fucking radio talking shit like, yeah, at my funeral, let me tell you about these motherfuckers. Okay, this is our segment called Talking Shit, where we hang out with funny people and talk shit. And today we're talking to Kate Casey about the new FX show, Impeachment, which is all about the Bill Clinton-Monica Lewinsky White House scandal from the 90s. Now, most people know Kate from her podcast, Reality Life with Kate Casey. But what a lot of people don't know is that Kate was a White House intern (laughs) at the same exact time as Monica Lewinsky. (laughs) Monica fucking Lewinsky. Mm. Now, that is some baller clout right there. It sure is not. I mean, how many people can say that? No one except Kate. So without further ado, it's time to talk shit about Ryan Murphy's latest episodic thirst trap impeachment with our friend Kate Casey. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kate. Oh my god, I've been dying to talk about this. I am watching it, reliving it, and shitting my pants because I feel like I'm back in college mm. and I forgot how many things that I have connections to the story and it's as I watch every episode I'm losing my mind. It's nuts. It just must be so weird too, because now you have like twenty three children. <laughs> right? Oh I, yeah, but who cares about that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but I mean it's just a weird it's such a weird time. It was so long ago, and now we're like adults, and we were right. all so young then. Yep. And now we're like weird. That was like super rapey. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, yeah. I do think that as time goes on, the way I look at things changes so much. Because when I was in college, I remember thinking, "This sucks." Like, because I was raised by a a mom that like marched on Washington and was like a true blue Democrat. So it was just like this girl fucked it up for us right like yeah we have a great new president we're moving in a new direction and she screwed it up for all of us and i look back now with horror like oh my god this was so much bigger than what you thought it was and mm. yeah watching this i don't know for you kate we i'm i was watching i was like jesus christ it's like newt gingrich is mitch mcconnell <laughs> the trump it's just every oh single thing yes. has, has a parallel they're the same well also I don't know if people remember this, but Newt Gingrich at the time, like it was a total witch hunt from his cronies and the Republican Party at the time. They all hated Bill Clinton, obviously. And there was like a major witch hunt hunt against him. But what people don't remember is that Newt Gingrich at the time had his own scandal with his wife and then someone who worked in the office. So. Okay, while this is all going, so the backstory is I go to school in Washington, D.C. I think I'm going to, like, run for office eventually. Yeah, which is a joke now that you know me. You're, like, you're kind of kidding me. My husband was like, you'd be the worst politician. I'm like, maybe not. Anyway, I go to Washington. I I become an intern when I'm in my first semester of freshman year only because I went to this school for underprivileged children, swear to God, called the Milton Hershey School. And this one alum goes, you know, what do you want to do? I said, I want to work in Washington. He said, come be my intern. So I was a White House intern when I was a freshman, which you're not allowed to actually until you're a junior. Mm. And so so you were really young. 
Like you were, yeah, well, she was, was, no, so I was tw- an intern twice. So the first oh, okay. time I was an intern for Vice President Gore's Reinventing Government Project, which was like cutting down, elimin- uh, eliminating government waste. So because of that, that's what kind of got my foot in the door to get the second internship. It's really so, hard to get a White House internship, believe it or not. Um, I already had, I went to school in Washington, so that helped me, of course, but I, th- that I had already had kind of my foot in the door that way. So when I became an intern the second time, it was for the lower press office. So there's an upper and a lower press office. The upper press office is handling like world news tonight, CNN, blah, 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 lower press office, regional (laughs) craziness. So I got, I got into the lower press office, but obviously I was the worst of the intern bunch because the other people that I work with, just to give you like perspective are all from wealthy families. So it was like, Oh, I get to, you know, my internship is two hours a day and I get to go to the Hay Adams for lunch and have like a $16 lunch and I'm wearing like a Talbot suit. You know, those were the people that were working as interns. And then there was me who took my jalopy Phoenix, Pontiac Phoenix car over to the White House at the crack of dawn. They made me do the clips. So that meant this was before copy and paste and computers. Like that's how far we're going back. They had interns come in the morning and cut from real newspapers and then make photocopies of it to put into a booklet. And the guy that I worked for, his name was Dag Vega. I'm sure that he hates that I say his name, but he was the <laughs> loveliest person. And he was my boss, but he was kind of ruthless with me because he'd say, oh, that photo- photocopy is not clear enough. Go back and do it. So you would walk. I would basically park my car at 5 a.m. I would go to the old executive building, which is right next door to the um, main white, like White House building. And I would walk into this old room and it would be stacks and stacks of papers from all over the country. And so my job was to go through the first section of the paper and cut out anything having to do with the Clinton administration so that the president and his team could look through the stack every morning to see basically what people thought of his education policies or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So I would get there. I would do these photocopies, cry my face off because Dag said I did a shitty job, redo it. And then I would have my little badge and I would walk myself over into the Oval Office and Executive Office area in the White House. And I would go and drop the clips off on the um, like the president of the United States desk Mm -hmm. and then past Betty Curry's office. And I was walking around by myself. So as the story is unfolding, I'm going and I'm like a ding dong raised by Suzanne Casey, who's like, you know, like. First of all, my mom was like, "Don't." Yeah, fuck she's with our older hero. Men. She's our hero. We <laughs> she's love like, Suzanne "Don't fuck Casey. with older men. They're yeah. they're pieces of shit." Blah blah blah. So, but anyway, my mom was like, "We believe in the process," but you know. So I was kind of naive. yeah. Meanwhile, let me just interject. Too bad Al Gore's old government waste project didn't pan out. No shit. I mean, no kidding. That's too but bad. By the way, that project, that 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 project that he did, it was he would get the Hammer Awards out for government agencies that cut down spending. It had a lot to do with reducing the federal deficit so it was a really good program yes. and i loved al gore that and sucks that really, didn't, nothing really good, good goes nothing no. works and of course the republicans okay. <laughs> and the republicans so, you think would like that they just take but Kate, of course, send her to make photocopies I, like you know right. what this we're you are wasting her you just make her do photocopies let's not help the government yeah fuck yeah. the government so anyway um my mom you know was like believe in the process so i was kind of naive to you know how could a girl be there without people seeing her like I was because I had the experience of being there and even though I was alone there were security people there watching every move that I made 
So I had a hard time with processing how that was even possible for a long time because I just, my experience there was feeling like I was always watched. So I just felt like, how would that be possible that a girl would be getting, like, giving him a blowy in, like, an office in that very small, it's like a tiny, tiny little area. The rooms are all very close to each other. So you were just so, very, at that at that age, well, you were much younger than her because she was 23. Right. Would you classify yourself as naive? In, 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 I was na- naive to how people in power can manipulate other people and get things done. I was idealistic about there's, you know, people, the, the government works like a well-oiled machine and people are not in that, in that level of power, there's a checks and balance system and you can't get away with things like that. That was the part, not men screwing girls just in, in power, but just in that term, like if somebody were in the oval office and she was doing something that, someone would see it and they would yeah you know that the people wouldn't cover pre- for people i didn't really understand that part um so and i just want to say i do so think it's so different. interesting that you just the juxtaposition of you being you know in a, a small handful of interns that are you know poor or broke and poor. don't you know and and meanwhile and she's in the thing of the rich ones mm-hmm. whose parents are so rich so privileged I just think that's such an interesting, like, well, dichotomy. When I'm, when I'm watching it play back, she's living in the Watergate. You guys, like, Bob Dole lived in the Watergate. <laughs> I think he was her neighbor, by the way. Wow. I mean, we we're talking about major money. Yeah. And I lived in I lived in an apartment with three other girls on 8th and E on the corner across from the Soul Train 7-Eleven where people have their throats slashed. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. So I was like, like, you and I live in totally different worlds. So... It, that that part I totally understood and recognized is like the fact that she gets this cush internship and then they get to move her over there because I was witness to that stuff. Another thing I was witness to, and if you go back in the archives of Vanity Fair, probably around the 1998 era, like around then, there was this unbelievably well-written expose on how men in power in D.C. were having affairs with young girls and how like they follow these two girls and how they they're basically like oh i go to the texas society meetings because like senator so-and-so so i was witness to that also because i waited tables on capitol hill so you know i would be like slinging tacos and margaritas and see mm. creepy senator so-and-so <laughs> come in with like the girl that works for him and she's young so mm. i did see that stuff but i just thought at that level there's like a checks and balance so well let me I just ask you really quick now, I want to remind everyone, we only have 14 listeners, and I'm sure some of them remember that we, you were, you, you have come on this podcast before to tell us about, but this is a totally different angle being with the impeachment. But I just was wondering, why didn't we have sex with Bill Clinton, me and you? Why didn't we? Why did we not okay. do that? I think about that a lot. And I, somebody just asked me today, they're like, oh, you know, whenever I'd say I was a White House intern, people go, oh, were you like Monica? <laughs> I was programmed by my mom who and not to bring this down a notch but like she was a sexual abuse victim she was raped by a priest when she was little so we were programmed as kids like you look out for this like i I was i was fine you know what i mean but i think that now that you watch monica's story and it, it sort of plays out i have so much empathy for her because 
she did not have the same set of circumstances that I did, which while hellacious growing up with a mom that was like a sexual abuse victim, but also going to a school for underprivileged, excuse me, underprivileged children. I was more aware of some social situations that I think that she missed out on. And there was something with her with older men and then the men took advantage of her. And as a woman with five children, four that are girls, Mm -hmm. I have, much more empathy for that i have empathy for paula jones because Mm. i feel like her husband who was a money grubber took advantage of her the attorneys that were representing her took advantage of her i i have empathy for hillary clinton because i can't imagine what would it be like to be the first lady of a country and i think everyone got angry at her like why didn't you do a press conference and say this piece of shit like he's been cheating on me but now that i'm a mother i think the pressure that she was under having this daughter and what she should do. And, you know, times have changed in 1998. She built this incredible political career. And I think that a part, a big part of her decision was like my entire political career is now going to be squelched because he can't keep his shit together. Well, plus wasn't she like, also I'm fucking Vince Foster. I don't give a fuck. Like allegedly, (laughs) allegedly. I mean, who knows? I think Vince Foster had, and I think I've read enough about that to know that I think he had severe depression. Mm. And I, I think that working in is such a high pressure job. That's the other thing I remember being in turn is that at the time, and I remember saying this to you guys before, that there was this whole narrative that Bill Clinton only has these young people working at the White House. Well, let me tell you why. Young people without children are the people that you can get to work 14 hour days. Yeah, you can't get people with families or people over 30 because they're going to go, I'm not going to work 14 hours for <laughs> three marbles in my bank account. Like I need to be paid more. Yeah. Right. So that's who you got. I have a question for you. According to this show and Monica Lewinsky, and I went and had to watch a million interviews with her. Apparently Bill Clinton, you'd think was Prince. Bill Clinton was um, George Clooney. So there are two things here. Number one is that, and I've seen this a million times, and by the way, it's not any different in Hollywood. It's just Washington is Hollywood with, with ugly people. <laughs> it's men with power and money. And there are a segment of the population that are very taken with that. I mean, we see that with Donald Trump where you see women going bananas for him and you're like, what? <laughs> um, women would go crazy for like Newt Gingrich or oh. a lot of these really gross people but it's just because of their money and their power but wait that's 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 what i wanted to ask you was just and i know you're gonna say the second point but it's i understand monica Lewinsky was insecure and she didn't have the same like like social tools and and life tools that you had but at the same time you had to find someone in that place attractive or intoxicating in some way was there anyone hot even another intern no and i say that with (laughs) Even though George <laughs> Stephanopoulos is working in there, it's like the nerds at the nerd table. I mean, DC is just a bunch of nerds from high school that were at the nerd table. Um, the other, the thing I will say about both Lynn and I, okay, you're gonna think about shit crazy, but here it goes. Um, I there's something that Bill Clinton and I share, and I don't know many other people in the world that have it. It's this insane memory for details about people. I have it too. It's why I'm good at my job because. I watch so many shows and I remember the details about people. So when I interview them, they're often really um, surprised and then they're enamored by it. Like, oh, Mm. my, because ultimately people want to feel like they matter in the world. And when I remember things about people, it makes them feel special. And Bill Clinton has that same memory detail thing about 
details. And I think I told you this too. I spoke at this thing in college and I had a chance to talk to Bill Clinton about it. And I, I said, you and I have that weird memory thing. I remember everything about people. And he, so he chatted with me for a little bit. My mom was losing her mind, like, because she was a couple feet away. I mean, I wasn't turned on by him, but I was excited. And your mom was like, did you get his number for me? <laughs> no, but, but, I, but I noticed, like, my husband will say this about me, like, oh, when people get really excited when they talk to you because you remember everything. That's the reason Bill Clinton was such a great campaigner is because he would see people and say, oh, my gosh, how's your aunt? Um, or do you guys still live on Oak Street? And did your uncle win that award? And then people suddenly think, feel like I matter. And if you're the president of the United States and you're a girl and you're um, thinking about leaving, you know, D.C. and you're and, and then the president is like, you, like, remembers every little detail about you and like with the book that you like and all this stuff it would be very easy for someone who's that impressionable to get really yeah well people do say i mean and this isn't for and i obviously the three of us don't think this but like my friend bill was like thinks that guy's fucking hot and people literally (laughs) not even like not even whether he because he didn't get to talk to him and and people in these interviews he said that he has a magnetic physical fucking thing going on now what is her name suzanne casey kate your mom i'll let you know pam howard has the wop for um clive owen and i will say clive owen was a little hotter than the real clinton like i was like oh he looks cute yeah way hotter way hotter he's nailing it so you guys you think the general consensus is that people are thinking clive owen's not nailing it (laughs) i mean really honestly do we think i don't think he is and Kate no. doesn't. No. And Kate met fucking Bill Clinton. I know, which is crazy. And didn't fuck oh, him, wait. unfortunately. Here's the other part. I texted Brandy about this because I forgot another part. By the way, when she, they take her, she meets with Linda Tripp at Pentagon City Mall. And she thinks they're going to go to the food court. But the FBI, FBI agents are behind them and take them to Ritz-Carlton and then interrogate them. Oh, I, I wondered what hotel Pen- that was. I was like, that's a nice ass mm-hmm. hotel. Oh, yeah, it was this Ritz Carlton. I worked at that mall, at the Pentagon City Mall, at the top floor at a candy store. So that's one thing. And the other <laughs> thing is, the second episode, they show the scene where the reception line where he's, uh, Bill Clinton is shaking everyone's hand and Monica has the beret on. Mm-hmm. It's like this infamous video. Yep. Yeah. Well, this guy, Steve, used to follow me around the bar at Irish Times in D.C. He's probably the only person who ever followed me around a bar. And my friends would have been like, oh, here's Steve again. Well, Steve is in that video. He's the guy in the back. Like, Kate texted the picture. Is over the next everybody <laughs> to shake his hand. And I think somebody <sighs> just reminded me that I think he got in trouble. The security was like, hey, 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 hey. But I mean, to, by the way, that sucks for him. And I kind of want to track him down to find out how he feels about that. Oh, because... you should. Yeah. No. Now, did you ever go in those lines? Like she was thirst bucketing in every fucking line. <laughs> oh, no. No. And I'm still that way. I get invited to shit all the time and I'm like, no, I'm not going now. Uh-uh. Did you, you ever meet her? Sure. I never did, but I feel it firmly in my soul that I'm the best person to interview her and that it's meant to be. And that I just feel like a cosmic connection to her and I want to interview her. So I've reached out to her agent. I've pretty much at this point tried to stalk her. I know that we would get along well and I'm dying to interview her. Well, fuck a cosmic connection. You have a literal actual connection. (laughs) Now the show goes back and forth over five years. So I guess, so tell us what, when did you overlap her? So you were an intern twice, but were you there like at the end of her full during her, just when it came out? So it was 
I was leaving and the story was started to explode. Mm. You know, I would see Betty Curry. Like, all the players that are in here, I would walk past them. Was your pass pink? Your intern badge? Was it pink? Because wasn't hers pink? Wasn't that And then they turned it blue. Uh, No, no. I always got the A appointment. I had the A one. So she was much more official. So, and then how about, like, in terms of, like, accuracy and realism, what what's your take overall take on the show? Are you feeling like, yeah, I mean, other than like, so we already have established Clive Owen mm. hot, not doing it though. Apparently mm. Pam's probably into it. Pam's like, I've mm. never wanted to fuck Bill Clinton more. That's fine. <laughs> Everyone, you know, I guess. I do, I do think it's accurate now as, as an older person. I mean, not older, older, you know what I mean? Like I actually have a friend who worked for the Trump uh, administration and I feel like, the older I get, the more I realize that when people are uh, at that level, they basically can do what they want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, it's unfortunate, but it's just the way it is. And I, it's very, I think that's ultimately why I knew I wasn't meant to work in Washington because I was not willing to get paid minimally for an, an incredible amount of work. And I never felt like it was a fair system. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm very, much about fairness and yeah, it lacks it, integrity it across the board. Yeah. And I think that's the whole thing with the way it is now. I mean, it's just a generalization, but it's like this whole, the conspiracy was already the, these Vince Foster conspiracies were through the roof. The Clintons are the king and queen of conspiracies. Mm-hmm. It started with them, but there's this QAnon and this whole thing of that all came because of generation of uh, our generation, I guess suddenly was like, yeah, they're just fucking lying. I mean, regardless, <laughs> even if it is the side you're on, right. you just realize it's not fair. Everyone's lying. Everyone's covering something up. Yeah. You're dealing with a very Harvey Weinstein-like situation where even Betty Curry, who's probably very nice and whatever, and the, they're, they all She's knew. She's ushering in a young girl. Yeah, knowing right what's going office. on. Oh, I'll give him the f- stuff, Frog. Right. This sounds, this sounds right. This makes sense. Right. That's the stuff, too, where, <laughs> I mean, now you get older and you're like, why didn't somebody go, you know what, this is like super creepy and crossing a boundary, but were they were they terrified of retaliation or was it that they had such loyalty? And I see that a lot in politics. You remember the people that work for each administration? They, these people are hardliners. They are so committed, right? Right. So they're not going to, after they've spent years campaigning, putting, putting, you know, jobs aside, moving their families, do all, they're committed people. It takes a lot for them to back away. And, and you know what? People get drunk with power when they are in the proximity of power. Like, yeah, right. you know, right. they're just like, right. I mean, I've seen it and not just in re- Republican administrations, but Democratic administrations, because I have friends that continue to work in, in politics. And it's like, you know, it, it just reminds me so much of Hollywood all the time where, you know, people probably went into work for Harvey Weinstein and thought, I'm going to change film. And then they get <laughs> like, you know, invited to a couple things and then they get a product production credit and they're like, they turned a blind eye. Well, ultimately, it's sexism across the board. And, it, and I think Obama was the damn that stopped that. But in the, the Kennedys, even before that, God knows yeah. who before that. And every corporation and every company in Hollywood, wherever, it's fucking men. So <laughs> this is Julie yeah. talking, everyone. <laughs> so, by the way, Julie, I thank you for saying that because I even like the sexism, even in my own space, like it's like here I am. I'm a, I, like 
well, not all cover housewives, but you know, I have over my five years and I am constantly surprised that a network that has shows about women for women and I'm a female interviewer and I'm always put last on the list of people that are allowed access to interview talent. That's interesting. I mean, that just shows you like it had the trickle down system. Right. And that the people who work at that network, you know, maybe are all women and they continue to grant interviews to men. And the the women do it. The women are. Well, well, look at Harvey Weinstein. That's a perfect example. Having a woman assistant. And I know exactly which women you're talking about. (laughs) Fucking Kate. We know who you're talking about. There's a pandering and an enabling that goes on. And that was clear with Clinton. And it's just like. And it happens with every presidency. Obama, I like to believe that didn't happen because he just isn't like that. However, we know that that happens every single place. Hopefully now things are going to change. But yeah, I mean, this is pure, unadulterated sexism. Period. And it's, it's stressful, too, because you're, you know, if you really believe in your candidate. Well, not, then that's the thing. That, and what they want to do to change. It's right. So hor- it's really distressing. And yeah, it's that same. It's that thing of can we um, support and like people who are maybe a little immoral or, you know, right. do shady shit and what's the line and da, 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 do. But the, um, the level of the hypocrisy though, of the Republicans during the Clinton administration, which is like now, did you get to see oh, any I of think, that? Yeah, I think Ken Starr is the, is the quintessential hypocrite. I mean, I told Julie when we were going to interview again, I told Julie, I I was like, okay, hates Ken Starr. Yeah, I I need to, I want to hear how much (laughs) you hate Ken Starr. I mean, mean, what a piece of shit this guy is. I mean, he really is a horrible person and I think he has children too. And he has Mm -hmm. to look at them every day and tell them that he's proud of himself (laughs) and the way that he has taken advantage of women and the women that have Mm -hmm. supported him. And I'm just, it's so, he is a horrible human being. And I just think the way that he fixated on the details of this case, mm-hmm. the, the dress. I mean, I think people really need to sit down and read through. I remember you saying that on the last interview that he was like, per, like weird, like kind of yeah. lightweight, pervy on it. Yeah, it was like not uh, not like with the Kennedys, which they were full philanderers, constant womanizers, whatever, constantly being covered up. But this was with Kenneth Starr, it's and even Linda Tripp. They all were like jealous. Yeah. Like he didn't try and harass me. And it was like that was sort of kind of pushing her. And then Ken Starr was mad that he didn't get to jizz on someone's dress. Like, <laughs> really? Do you know what he I mean? Like no really one's blowing gross. me. They're all horrible. Linda <laughs> Tripp, too. I mean, I, I, I've heard that she was a very nice mother and grandmother. But I think that her obsession with the Clintons really clouded her judgment in the worst way to the point where she, what she did to Monica and how she, you know, the, here's the good thing. Monica went on to be such an accomplished woman, um, you know, graduated from the London school of economics, Ted talks, a prolific writer. And, and I think that in the end, she's the one that shines the brightest and I think what she's done with her life is remarkable. And I think we all owe her a debt of gratitude for the way that she's changed the way people think about harassment online and the way people use their, you know, language um, when talking about public figures. And, and, and so for that, I salute her. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine today? They, I mean, the mm-hmm. level she was whore shame, fat shame, slut what shame. What about even Paula Jones too? The Paul, way they were oh, like, they were, Oh, so what were you going to do? Talk about foreign policy or whatever. Right. And it was like, Oh again, God, it felt so bad. So, and just how that just, the, and again, just sexist. <laughs> All of them. 
just because it, it, even the fucking journalists who are pretentious twats. Well, let me ask you, Kay, do you are you generally a fan of like Ryan Murphy shows? I, I liked Crime Story, the OJ one, because I think that it was important for Marsha uh, Clark to have her voice. Mm-hmm. And I did like the way that he gave humanity to Christopher Darden. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that was really important. And I, I think like that one. I did too. And yeah. I think I think he does a good job of showing humanity and people in history that we have have been overlooked and it's important for us to revisit some of these cases and to think about who we are as you know as a society and the way we look at things in a legal perspective and a cultural perspective years after and it's important for us to revisit that in order to figure out how we need to change and i and i think that you know, the com- I have a 12 year old and I will have a conversation with her about Monica Lewinsky, um, you know, in a couple of years. And I think that um, it's going to be pretty illuminating for myself to see how she looks uh, through the lens that she looks at it years later. So the show depicts that they I fucked for months, which was totally just like really building the tension. And then the turning point came with the government shutdown where now all the workers have to go home, all the paid employees have to go home, and all the interns, free bitches, are now right in the West Wing up Bill Clinton's ass. Now, do you remember that government shutdown? Were you there for that? I No, but I was working on the Hill at a restaurant, and so I remember there were way more people at the bar (laughs) hanging out because less people were working. But it was a very wacky, wacky time because the restaurant I worked at was right behind the... um, Rayburn building so it was and next to the Republican National Committee building so it was mm-hmm. flooded with people who worked on the hill it was a very odd time and I would equate it somewhat to like COVID-ish times where just things are off schedule and people are not mm. yeah. in their normal frame so yes I could see how that kind of could skip through the you know listen there were a lot of women in Bill Flynn's orbit and it just so happened because of that time period that maybe she had more access to him. Yeah, she was. Well, she said, said she said she had more access because there were less people around. And I was just like, and hopefully I think Kate that, was in his office. I think Sarah Paulson. <laughs> I think Sarah Paulson does a really good job of playing Linda Tripp and how she was so committed to taking the Clintons down that she's like living at the edge. She's like, mm. she's so angry. Yeah, and she lives in that anger in every scene in the most like real way. She really does play. Well. I keep on having to, and I'm sure now I'm realizing, I guess, Ryan Murphy, this is by design and not by accident. He, that he wants us to get in to, cause I do, I, unfortunately, cause I fucking, I guess I like Sarah Paulson who liked people's couch. I like, the, I like this Linda Tripp, even though yeah. she's like, yeah, she's clearly on the edge of a nervous breakdown. I keep Googling what she really looked like mm-hmm. to try to make myself like, like her less. Yeah. To like, yeah. <laughs> to like know her or something. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like, Sarah well, you want to talk like about sexism? Me. You want to talk about sexism? Saturday Night Live had John Goodman play her. Right. Oh God, I'm sorry, but and she was so insecure about her weight, so insecure about her looks and her weight. And I'm sorry, but a lot of those people he hooked up. I mean, I mean, not for nothing. And I probably am sexist, but 
a lot of the people he hooked up with aren't really lookers. He just like liked younger women. Right. With bodies and pussies. You right. know what I mean? Poor Linda Tripp's out there thinking it's because she's not attractive. And I'm like, you know yeah, what they don't even see you. Me. I think Bill Clinton's uh, addicted to attention. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I- I'm sorry I, uh, if I say this and offend somebody, I hope not to. But he kind of reminds me of like an Alex Rodriguez where, I, <laughs> you know, like, like Alex Rodriguez reminds me of that. Like he just needs attention all the time. I don't even know if he like, goes all the way with some women it's just like oh like he needs constant affirmation and attention i didn't think that she was sense. gonna go a rod did you <laughs> yeah, but no, it makes sense but now. it does make sense yeah i mean he had a girlfriend the whole time he had a girlfriend for 11 years that was age appropriate or whatever plus his wife plus anyone who's working around him like he i think you're absolutely right like he's addicted to attention but I think and- part of it too part of it too is uh, bill clinton was abandoned uh, by his dad he yeah. was raised by a stepfather. He's actually not even born William Jefferson Clinton. That's the name of his stepfather. Why do I know that? Because I was also <laughs> raised uh, raised by a stepfather and given his name, and I hated it, and he hated it. So did Lance Armstrong, and I feel like we're all together in this. <laughs> what was your stepdad's last name? Casey. So I was born Catherine Lone. And my mom, apparently, according to my dad, forged the Social Security documents or something. And I, I had so my mom wanted us all to have the same last name. So we would roll, you know, as one, even though like she got married a couple times. So I, <laughs> meanwhile, she changed her name, <laughs> but I hated my stepfather and I was stuck with that name. And so, and, but the irony is I didn't take my husband. Yeah, but that's name. why. What's his last name? Rodriguez, which looks like Rodriguez, but with an S <laughs> on the end, it's Portuguese. No one spells it right or says it right. And all my kids have that name, but I'm still Kiki. It right. makes no sense. From the stuff I've read, like about after Clinton left office, and I just know this anyways about fucking, you know, narcissists and these and sex addicts because sex addicts aren't even just addicted to sex. They're addicted to attention. You know, attention. it's like mm-hmm. he, he can't he couldn't even have done as he couldn't function in his job. I don't believe at peak high level without constantly juggling these women. I think that was like it was like his multitask. Like mm. When somebody chews like Michael Jordan chewing gum while he plays basketball. It's like a, and he fucked yeah, women like too. A- I think it's a high for him. Yeah. You know, I, okay, this is a horrible example too, and she'll kill me, but I'm trying to just, whatever. <laughs> My friend was on Real Housewives of Orange County and she left the show. She was fired from the show. So I interview her and she, it was great because she's like, well, I gotta be honest with you. I, I have an addiction issue and I was addicted to fame. And when I got fired, I lost my mind mm. because I didn't realize how bad it was. Like I got, I fed off the likes and comments on Instagram. This isn't Vicky, is it? Because we love Vicky. No, no, it was okay. Bronwyn. Oh, Bronwyn. Okay. She was just like, oh my God, I didn't know. And she was like, was I a monster? I'm like, you were a monster. You were like <laughs> horrible to deal with. And she's like, I am so sorry. And she's totally cool and funny and cool and normal now. But um, I think that people who have that amount of power they get sucked in real hard. And I think that all the people that are around these presidents lose their minds. It could be a troll and, and women and men both are like, can I work for you? What can I do for you? Like, can I hang out with you? Everybody wants to go to Camp David. It's just like, wait, what? And every report I've heard is that when he left office, he went into a severe depression. Mm. And then a guy who wasn't even like started, that was the reason the Jeffrey Epstein thing He's like desperately clutching for this attention that he had mm. before. He was lo- what they say. I mean, this is like in Vanity Fair. Fair, you read it, Mamma. Was that he was lost when he left the office? Yeah. Okay, Kate. Oh before we let you yeah. go, we want to know. First of all, Ryan. Regardless of the show, Ryan Murphy should have h- hired your ass as a context consultant. Okay, <laughs> if you if he if he would have hired you 
Is there anything you would change about the show, even if it's inconsequential? No, I think it's all good so far. I'm into it. So you're I here really, for it 100%. I am 100%. Well, I'm sorry, but Clive Owen has already heard. He's definitely oh, yeah. a listener. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're right, you're right. You got <laughs> new, new Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. Uh, I don't. Oh, yeah, I wasn't I, feeling Hillary. Uh, no, but she's going to. I can't wait till she comes back. I want to see how she's going to play her because that's Edie fucking Falco. Oh. Yeah, no, those two, those two can go, like but everything else is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just quickly, did you ever get to see Hillary walk through a hallway? Never. I wish I would have. Oh. Oh, well, according God. to the show, bitch is peeing in the public restroom. I know. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you believe that? I couldn't no. believe that. I couldn't believe that. And they're like, oh, yeah, I mean, that's the kind of tea. I mean, the show's definitely good. We recommend it. I'm yep. wondering if we're the only three people who've watched both episodes. But, <laughs> I mean, people are going to get on it now. I hope they do. I hope they do. Well, tell our 14 listeners where they can find you. Thank you so much for talking shit about impeachment with us. Yeah. It was fun. I oh, my feel... God. Every day I love you so much. Yeah. I need you to come back to review another show because I want to piss my pants. What is my show name? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Reality Life with Kate Casey. Hello. Um, it, it's twice a week. I interview executive producers, directors, network executives, and talent in unscripted TV, reality shows, documentaries, and docuseries. And, it's um, not all Bravo. Right. We love no, that. God, no. Follow no, I Kate on Twitter because she recommends shows. Mm -hmm. The only place, I mean, yes. Julie and I are off Bravo. We do not do it. We're like, we're like addicts. And the only place, like, thank God, Kate put, I'm watching the Dallas Cowboys thing. Thank fucking God, Kate yeah, said to yeah, watch yeah. it. Oh, good. No, you got to watch. Um, oh, the next thing you got to watch, you guys are going to die. Okay, so September 30th, Amazon has a series called The Way Down, and it's about Gwen Shamblin and her husband. They basically operated a cult-like church in Tennessee called Remnant Fellowship. Uh oh, Julie's getting a WAP. She lives. The whole lives. thing was like, the way down was like, pray to Jesus, and that's how you'll lose weight, and it's a whole craziness. It's just wild here. That's oh, all you need to know. That's amazing. It's weight loss for Jesus? <laughs> yes. Through Jesus. Yes. Through Jesus. Through Jesus. Yep. Um, incredible. I, I can't wait. Incredible. I can't wait. Thank you, Kate. I got your back. That's, Thank the, you. that's the kind of gems you're going to get. You got to follow that's Kate. Right. Listen to her show twice a week for free. That's yep. what we're talking about. Yep. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you, Kate. Now it's time for So There's That. Right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the incessant existential philosophical and literal fighting going on all around us every day. We are in the midst of a cold culture war. <laughs> Two Americas divided directly in half fighting on Facebook about everything from coronavirus to Kanye West. So we send Julie out to dig around in the discarded garbage of the World Wide Web and come up with the stories of hope to inspire us and make us not slap our Republican family members. Mm. So, Meow Meow, what is your So There's That moment for this week? Well, luckily, you pointed some very gay facts out to me this morning, and I was able to really push this Stretch one I really really push this one now today we're gonna pay homage to gay progress i know many of us homosexuals out there 
who are used to being shit on and made to feel that we're disgusting, sinner monsters who would deny nature and spit in the face of God and all that is holy and normal. And we carry those feelings in our backpacks, which has led most of the homosexual community to be arrested development, mental cases who are filled with self-hate, trust issues, and make terrible choices in life. Or the opposite, we are overconfident thirst buckets who use sex like water and think our shit is glitter and the rainbow is a map to their fabulousness, which you cannot deny. Or to their predatory self-righteousness, which also you cannot deny. The LGBTQ spectrum truly holds so many of us in so many ways, which coincidentally is like the heterosexual community and basically every living human being. Right. <laughs> Gays, however, really didn't get that memo until the last 20 years or so, I would say. I mean, yes, maybe 50, but maybe I'm going to say 10. 20. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. Between religion, patriarchy, men, and the root of all evil sexism, LGBTQ have created a victim culture that we try every summer to party our way out of. And honestly, it's working. Gay marriage wasn't even allowed until what, 2014? Where Obama showed up and said, hey, I have this eagle. Well, gay marriage is legal. <laughs> yeah, well, they gave it to us, then took it away. In 20, uh, 2008, oh, was they right. gave it, and then they took it the fuck away. Yeah, so I'm going to say the last 10 years. Okay, let's say 10. Let's say 10. But look how far we've come. <laughs> the gay movement walks hand in hand with the women's rights movement, which leans over to walk with the civil rights movement. And unless and until all three meld together, side note, we will be in this never ending cycle, making incremental changes over the years, which is not the worst thing in the world. But really, it isn't the best either. Imagine if we all came together with our victimhood and put it to rest. There'd be no victims. I mean, <laughs> there'd still be rape. But, like, come on. I'm not talking about eradicating rape from our streets like the governor of Texas because men. But I do believe if all the movements joined together, they and we would become the majority and the victimization from heterosexual white male privilege could be chipped away at pretty monumentally. With all that said, there is nothing I love more than seeing gay people go public with their gayness. I know that shows my age because the kids today don't give a fuck about that unless they come out as non-binary, binary, non-gender, They think gender. they have to come out as straight. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Or just a non-gender specific pronounless Z heir who are pansexual, polyamorous, roly-poly. I don't know. But for me, identifying as a full dyke woman, I respond very strongly to an old school expression of gay shit and gender shit and it touches and it moves me. It's like traditional. It's so traditional. It's almost like the patriarchy. Now. Yeah. Well, you know what? I'm the patriarchy. <laughs> now, in politics, we have seen such a huge amount of progress over the past few years with the first transgender people in very high positions in government to across the board of lesbians and gay men and bisexuals <laughs> of coming out and being proud and serving the country and being role models. And it's fucking awesome. This month alone, Pete Buttigieg, who ran for fucking president introduced his gay-ass husband, Chastin, and then got appointed to the new administration, gang up the place every step of the way, and people are, like, into it. Say what you want about his white religious traditional faggotry, but it's faggotry nonetheless, and we need people to get on board, and they are. Then let's not forget the new governor of Colorado is a pole smoker, and he just got married this weekend, and he made it public. And his last name's Polis. And his last name is Polis. She's a Polis smoker. I mean, it's insane. <laughs> he married his boyfriend of 18 years. And I, 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 the fact that there's an out gay governor in Colorado should blow our minds. Okay. It should and blow probably, all the dicks. I thought they might have legalized the mushrooms. And they, oh, that's right. So for anyone out there who's going to try to get punitive on it, <laughs> right. the mushrooms were sent from Colorado <laughs> and we were in Colorado when we did them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> now. I like to think that Harvey Milk is dancing somewhere in heaven and should just be so 
I mean, he was really the first. I mean, Harvey Milk. I'm not not the first, but he was one of. Okay, and that was in the seventies. And he should be still. furious. His movie didn't win Best Picture. Uh, he should be. And that Slumdog Millionaire beat it. <laughs> and that's why the Academy Awards are garbage. That is why the Academy Awards are garbage. <laughs> you are. I know. We still have work to do, and there's so many obstacles still to burn down. But when Brandy showed me Jared Polis, the gay governor of Colorado, they got married in a Jewish ceremony by a female rabbi. It's two gay men. Are insane. you still listening, Phyllis? They were wearing yarmulkes. <laughs> yes. The lady. That was it was a lady who a married lady. Them. I mean, there's two gay men and a lady. Like, oh, I mean, people forget Jews are sexist pieces of shit too. <laughs> and there is a woman rabbi. I mean, the Jews really have have turned so much around. Now we are entering a time in this country, even though we're fighting against human garbage every second of the day, with QAnon and Republicans and these white assholes desperately hanging on to their white grievance and white power and the Taliban and the global male problem. The writing is on the wall. And I really want gay people to take a step back and appreciate the progress. I don't think we appreciate it enough. Pete Buttigieg and Chastin just bought twins and paid a surrogate to in vitro their babies. Okay? They made a public announcement. And what's incredible is they thirst bucket on for attention. It forced government officials to send tweets and public statements of, that's yeah. amazing. Congratulations. <laughs> what a beautiful family. What a beautiful family. Two gay men and some kids that they... Which is also goes into like the pro-life... You know, pro-choice yes. because pro-life people do not like an in vitro nope. moment, no, honey. They don't. don't you get involved with That's God. That's right. That's right. They don't. So here we have a beautiful babies being born to these guys and they have a family and it's just making everything quote unquote normal. So congratulations. Oh, we need to normalize being gay and doing in vitro. We need to normalize Seriously. it. So congratulations, Pete Buttigieg and your oven babies. And congratulations to the governor of Colorado for getting gay married. It's all normal. It's all good. And let's honor the fact that gay people will get divorced, will make awful, lifelong, terrible, or amazing, or awesome, or just bad choices, just like everyone else. At the end of the day, what <laughs> Pete Buttigieg and Jared Pohl, smokerists, and everyone is showing us, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again, Every tit, every ball, every pussy, every dick is disgusting and we're all garbage and we're all beautiful. And I know it's hard to see right now as we learn that Mike Pence really wanted to do what Trump wanted on January 6th and Mitch McConnell just won't die. But progress has been and is being made and I find it exhilarating and awesome. So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Politics. Thank you guys for listening to our stupid podcast. <laughs> we love and appreciate all 14 of you so much. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics or you just want more of us, God knows why, please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. We do two podcasts a week, every week. They're both an hour and we post them on Sundays so you have all week to listen to them at your leisure. That is correct. They're a dollar each. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our huge back catalog, which has hundreds of hours of stupid, stress-free, ad-free podcasts. Timeless podcasts. Yeah, they, they are frozen in time. We're frozen just as dumb <laughs> and problematic then as we are at worse. Oh, 
it just it's it's worse it's better it's yeah. worse if you want to hear one now to see what it's like before you commit the link to the free episode is in the description of this podcast or you can go to our website julianbrandy.com and there's a button on every page that says click to listen to our free patreon episode the episode is called windows up sing time and you can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or computer you don't have to download anything or sign up for anything it's super easy and shout out to Aaron Moore, who recently joined our Patreon, and she's listening from the beginning, like we always say to do. It really worked on Aaron. <laughs> the constant, incessant bugging by us worked. <laughs> she sent us this message on Patreon last week that said, Hey, Julie and Brandy, I recently joined your Patreon, and I'm listening from the beginning. I'm just wondering what happened to the episodes in 2019. It jumps from 2018 to January 2020. Thanks. By the way, love you too, and thanks for keeping me company when I get up in the middle of the night to feed my newborn <laughs> baby boy. Oof. So I immediately got back to her and told her that the Patreon app can be kind of buggy, which makes perfect sense because they're just making millions of dollars <laughs> a know, day like for billions, doing nothing but yeah. hosting shit. <laughs> and this goes for everyone. Anytime something seems off or isn't working if you're on Patreon, even if you're not on our Patreon, if you're on other people's, or if you do join ours, if you're having a problem, just... Pop off the app and go through like a regular internet browser, whether on your phone or your laptop or your iPad or whatever. Just go through Safari or whatever you use. Um, that's what Erin did. And she did end up finding all of our old Patreon episodes immediately because they are all there in their problematic glory. <laughs> now, did you find out what her baby's name is? Of course. It's Niall. Hmm. How cute. Very you know, cute. like One Direction. She made it clear that it was not like One Direction, but I mean, it is like One Direction, uh -huh. you know? Uh -huh. And then she has two other little boys, Rowan and Cormac. Oh my God. Are they British or what? Uh, or she Irish? said they're doing like an Irish Scottish thing, mm. but I feel like they're like sexy, like yes, historical yes. romance yeah, hero of guys. <laughs> you know what I of mean? Of course. Like Rowan comes over the oh, yes. fucking Over the Highlands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> travels over the Highlands with a large sword and a, his horse named Valkyrie. Yeah. That's what happens, Aaron. Now we're sexualizing your tiny young children <laughs> because you gave them hot names. Oh, Rowan. <laughs> I didn't think you'd come back to my village. <laughs> I would never leave you. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, what's that fucking show that's like on Showtime? Outlander. Yeah, exactly. And I'm always like, that's like an erotic romance, the actual book, I feel. I know. Well, and every time I see that, I see Outlander, I'm like, ooh, I want to watch that. And then you or your voice pops yeah. in my head. It's like, it's a romantic, like a romance but novel. It's like, gross. One. It's a yeah, sexual no. one. I'm waiting no. for the day like I find out your parents are watching. I'm sure my mom's <laughs> done been watched it. Like all of it. Ugh, no thank you. And if you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. We're trying to get to 2021 reviews by the end of 2021. We set this goal at the beginning of the year and we're like 50 away. And I don't know if we're going to make it. I mean... It's hard to get 14 people to leave 2,000 different reviews. <laughs> it really is. Like, it's be it's like becoming impossible. It seemed like nothing. <laughs> and now it's fucking about to be October. And we're like, we're actually not going to make the goal. No. Even though we set the goal, we wrote it on the back of our check yeah. that we wrote to ourselves and put in our wallet. And I'm like, wow, that's the goal we're not going to get to. Like, just how embarrassing. Uh. Fuck it. And you know what? I hope no one even listens on Apple because it's the corporate equivalency of the gates of fucking hell. <laughs> so fuck Apple. And as always, it's been real and it's been fun. <laughs> but mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. And Monica Lewinsky'd. Oh, You've, wow. been Lewinsky'd. You've been Lewinsky'd. <laughs> You've been Lewinsky'd. You've been Lewinsky'd. How'd you do, I? See you've met, my 
faithful hand in hand. He's just a little brought down because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Let me show you around and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat world. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Night. Or maybe a bite. Night. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite. Transsexual Transylvania <laughs> So, come up to the lab And see what's on the slab I see you shiver with anticipation But maybe the rain is really to blame so I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs>